On this week's episode, we bring you the chilling tale of Daniel LaPlante and his teenage terror spree. Then we jump into the movie I See You, where we learn all about frogging and how to be the world's worst house guest. So climb out of your hiding spot and join us in the pod shed. We're spiking our iced coffees with Kahlua and talking about murder. everyone welcome back to another episode of thc true hollywood crime i'm your host mariah this is your other host bailey me that, uh, <laughs> yep her exactly <laughs> this is episode 12 11 12 12 wow last week with john wayne hey Gacy we got on. a 13 coming up yes we do Aye. Aye. all okay. i wanted is because there's a friday the 13th in november all i wanted was for our 13th episode to fall on it but no nah. I mean, we could just totally give up on <laughs> Dude. Yeah, for a not solid month. Month and a half. Um, oh. I know. We should plan this in advance because I already have big plans for our Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. So should we do a Friday the 13th episode for the 13th episode? No, or for it Friday should, the 13th? It should for sure be for a Friday the 13th. So then I we feel... still have to think of something special for the 13th yeah, episode. And I think we can. There's lots of options. Yeah, we'll see. Sky's the limit. And also, there's no case based on Friday the 13th. Right, based exactly. On yeah, we're already so stretching We're going to have to really yeah. stretch our imagination yeah. to get to that. So uh, I'd ask you how you're <gasps> doing. But, 13 ghosts. But what is that based on? We'll being? find something. I will make a reason for me to watch that movie again. That's a good one. It has to be some kind of haunting yeah, somewhere. I know. There's Anyways. lots of hauntings. Any hoozle. Um, I was going to say, I'd ask how your week was, but I you know, know it's shitty, so we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> you know. How many iced coffees did you? <laughs> Bailey never drinks iced coffee at all in the uh, afternoon or, or especially not in the evening. Yeah. And like I've seen her at least three times this week after work, and she's had a huge, like a venti <laughs> Starbucks iced coffee. And the first time I saw it, what did I say to you? I'm like, whoa, iced coffee. Has it been a bad day? Yep, and you <laughs> nailed it. You know. Mm-hmm. Her boss gets her an iced coffee every time it's a stressful day, and she's had, how many have you had this week, B? Is one every day? Uh, well, Three this week. Oh, mm-hmm. I just so happened to see you all three days. You did. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Yeah, Monday wasn't so bad, kind of blindsided me, and then it was just downhill. That's right. So iced coffee gets us through it. Wine at night gets us through it. That's it. I use iced coffee to pregame for this sometimes. I'll drink an iced coffee right before you come over. You saw me. I drank wine. <laughs> and then uh, we get into the booze. Mm-hmm. So. Great combination. Yeah. Um, what do you want to do first? Do you want to talk about Married at First Sight or do you want a book recommendation? Or maybe book. a book review? Yeah, a book. So uh, since our last podcast, I read a book called A Different Blue by an author named Amy Harmon. And apparently, is she my new favorite author? I guess because I started to realize that she's written now three of my favorite books that I've written that I've read this year. And I had no idea it was the same author. They're Mm -hmm. all so different. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. I Mm -hmm. had no clue. Yeah. And none of them are super smutty. Okay. Um, They usually have like at least some hot you know kissing scenes one of them does have a little bit of sex in it but it's not smut so they're passionate but not very like, passionate mm-hmm. she's very character oriented so mm-hmm. by the time they get to like kissing you are you're into it yeah into you're it. you're invested mm-hmm. um but the one i read recently is a different blue 
it's great. It's about a girl whose mom, young mom, couldn't take care of her. And so when she's like two, the mom, like, I guess the little girl had interacted with this dude at a truck stop and the dude was really sweet and kind to her and whatever. So then the next day, the mom just leaves her in his truck and drives away. What? And this guy is like an older Native American man. He's an artist. He's a sculptor. But he's very quiet and reserved. And he he looks around for her mom and he tries to find help or whatever. Right. The little girl's with him for a couple of days and then nothing really happens after that. And then he sees on the news that the girl's mom had OD'd in a hotel room. Oh, God. And so he just, for better or worse, takes on this kid and raises him, raises her as his own. Mm-hmm. And then he um, unexpectedly dies just out on a hike. Like, she's at the this campsite. poor child. When she's like 10, she's at their little campsite and he goes hiking and... Um, he never comes back. So anyways, the point yeah. is she's rescued, whatever, but she doesn't know what her real name is. No. She doesn't there's know. There's no paperwork to like no document paperwork. Her. She's yeah. never been in school. Right. He like. Like, does she even have a social security number? I mean, she has one. Right, but that's, She doesn't yeah. know what it is. Because she doesn't know who she is. She doesn't even know what her real age is. Yeah. So when you um, pick up on her story, she's technically 19, but she's a senior in high school because she doesn't know what her yeah. age is. And she's super far behind her class when she starts right. going to school. And she's a total bitch, which I love. And she's super hot. And, mm-hmm. you know, she has a reputation for sleeping around. And she doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, and, um, and she ends up meeting her new history professor, teacher in high school, who's a young, hot British man. You know how I feel about British people. He's only like 22. You're hitting a little close to home. I know. We don't have to talk about it on the podcast. But anyways... Um, a young, hot British dude who's very reserved, but right. very... Why, why do they have to be British? Because that just seals it. Like, if you mm-hmm. have an accent, just don't. Just don't be around girls. <laughs> right. And it's so funny because he kind of wears down her hard exterior just by being, like, a nice person. Yeah. Like, he's not flirting with her or anything, yeah. but just by being himself. Being a decent person, yeah. She can't find it in her to be a bitch Pretty to attractive. Yeah. <laughs> it's Imagine. a pretty attractive quality. Anyways, a lot of stuff unfolds from there, and a lot of life choices get made, and they do end up together, spoiler alert. But by the time they're together, she's, like, 20 and he's 23. So, mm-hmm. And she's out of high school. They're not student teacher anymore. Right. But... It's great. You get a lot of hot makeout scenes, no sex. I wish I wish there would. I even went on the author's website to see if she would make a sequel, and she said no. So do you feel for this author, is that just not her thing? I can't find a sequel to any of the any books of that I books. read. Yeah. And all of the books so she I just, read. She focuses on one story that she's super passionate about and deep into, yeah. and then she just moves on to another thing. Which it sucks, because all the books I read, I always you want, want a sequel. More. Yeah, you want Always more. want a sequel. I want a sequel to this one. I read another book by hers called The Smallest Part. Again, I'd love a sequel to it. Because it's funny, the last book recommendations you gave, you're like, I kind of wish there wasn't a follow-up. Like, I feel like yeah. it could have just left it as is. Yep, hmm. and then um, she wrote... One of my favorite books this year, it's called Where the Lost Wander. And it's like, a, I don't even want to embarrass myself on this podcast already about the fact that I kind of love um, like books about like wagon trains. I, what the fuck is a wagon train? <laughs> like pioneers. Oh, like, okay. people. like Oregon Trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I read a few of them, okay. like YA version though. Yeah. So it's always like a young female protagonist. Yeah. Um. 
And they always fall in love with like a rugged Native American right. guide. Mm-hmm. It's always hot. So this is like your Harlequin, like instead of the man on the cover, like, yeah. you know, with the shirt ripped open, you like a good wagon and a prairie. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know why. It's so weird. Hey, and then other people are super into the Outlander, right? That's true, which yeah. I haven't read. Uh-huh. I so- heard it's good, though. And I hear that there's a lot more sex in Outlander than... Outlander goes for it, man. Have you read it? I have not. My mom. But you watched it? My mom. And they watched it. Well, listen, maybe I'll read it. No. The one episode... There's a bunch of them, I think, right? Of Outlander that I happened to watch was because we were with Nick's parents and his mom's super into it. And Nick and I were watching it with her. It's the most uncomfortable (laughs) we've ever been. It It was like normal, passionate, hot sex, which I mean, whatever. That's already awkward enough. And then a bitch gets raped. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, mother in law. And she's just into it, like glued to the screen. And I'm, I'm like, like eh. what are you into, lady? <laughs> um, Awkward. Yeah, like Game of Thrones. But style. even Nick was like, Mom, what the fuck? <laughs> she's all, this is my favorite scene. Be no, quiet. For real. It's like we weren't even in the room. That is so funny. So if you guys want a good YA. I don't want to say it is young adult, but I feel like nowadays when you say young adult, you automatically go like Hunger Games, Divergent, fantasy, sci-fi. But it is YA. Her characters are all young female protagonists. Mm -hmm. Um, Amy Harmon, check her out on on the candle, on the Kindle. Or I I guess you could buy a book or go to a library, but I'm just doing this off the Kindle. Um, Is our library open yet? Um, they're open for like curbside pickup. Okay. <laughs> so I guess you can, I don't know how that works. I don't know if you order online, a catalog online or if you call and ask, mm-hmm. but then you can just come do a drive by. Yeah. I know because I miss going to the library. I used to go all the time right. with my kids when it was open mm-hmm. and I'm tired of buying all these goddamn books, mm-hmm. even like for Kindle prices. I'm I like, know. I could read this for free right now. Um, B and I started season four. Mm-hmm. Now it turns into a married at first sight podcast. You don't like it. Skip ahead. Right. Um, I know we talk about every time. It's the only thing we have going on for ourselves besides TikTok. Okay. <laughs> you got to pick and choose. If you leave us a comment, tell us what you want more of. Married at first sight or TikTok. <laughs> TikTok reviews. Um, we started season four and we are off to the races, people. It's a hot mess express this season. Yeah. Okay. Can I just start by saying I'm obsessed with the new marriage counselor, the pasture? Pastor. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Out to pasture. <laughs> like cows yeah. are grazing no, on him. No, pastor. pastor. Yeah, he's great. He's the he goes hard. And again, because I started with seasons nine You're eight, used seven, to him. I was so used to him, so it was hard for me to go back to mm-hmm. season one and be like, these fucking bland ass. No, I really ass. appreciate how they intervene more. They're yeah. more present in these couples' lives yep. and really helping to guide them, right? They get tasks way earlier in the relationship, which mm-hmm. I think is so important. Yep. And I'm super down for the two couples that are doing good. Well, one's doing really good. Obviously. One's yeah. doing all right. I mean, they're and making it work. Yeah. is a, a fucking mess. train wreck, y'all. A train wreck. Mm-hmm. We have another one where... Um, and day one made it all look so good. Like, you knew it was too good to be true. Day one, because they were all yeah. fairly satisfied and happy with the wedding. And, you know? like, I wasn't paying too much attention during, like, episode one of The Honeymoon, which that's what you're on right now, right? No, I've, I'm up to episode five now. Okay. I ca- yeah, I got so to catch answer, up a little bit. So riddle me this, because I only keyed in when I finally realized the couple that hate each other were arguing hardcore. Yeah. 
Is he smoking weed and she has a problem with it? It's cigarettes. It's cigarettes. Oh. Which she said during the matchmaking process didn't bother her. Do you still think it's sick? I feel like it's code for weed and they just don't want to put it on Lifetime. Well, either way, I like get over it. Doesn't he seem like such a stoner? I could see that. He has a pizza and beer tattoo. The pizza, I'm so into. But have you noticed it's holding hands with a beer? I haven't. No, I just noticed the pizza today. So so I got to look. The pizza is holding hands with like a. That is my kind of man and my kind of tattoo. But to be fair for her, when she called him out for not ever having done a beer bong. Oh, yeah. When she was wasted at dinner, like, you need to live. You. Her wasted dinner is definitely the best version of her we got. Yes. It's the only honest, open version we've gotten. I was telling I was telling Lou, if I was on that show, I would be so blackout drunk, they would not know why they ever put me on screen. Right. The wedding night. Could you imagine? Nope. I would be wasted. White girl wasted. Yeah. Blacked out drunk. And mm-hmm. they'd be like, did we set you up with an alcoholic? And that's why I feel like she's being a, a little unfair about the whole like oh, yeah, literally I don't like her very much they're on vacation they're like three days in he's had like a cigarette a day and she's like you're smoking every day that's not occasionally he's like we're on our honeymoon so that argument is why i thought it was weed because i yeah. didn't see that it was cigarettes and the fact that she's like you're smoking every day and he's like it's only like once a day and i'm on vacation and you drink all the time and yeah. i'm like oh is he smoking weed yeah because he looks like a stoner. And then she wants to pick on him for the fact that he likes to gamble occasionally. But he never Listen, brought up, lady. like, let's go to a casino. Let's go gamble. But even if he does, who cares? And he doesn't know that you're not into it because you don't fucking talk to him. And why is it any of your business? I know you're married, but I mean. No, she's not trying at all. And that's why I love this new marriage counselor because he's calling her out on it. Like. You signed up for marriage. You didn't sign up for rainbows and kittens. No one told you and this like, was going to be we easy. We guarantee you Mr. Perfect. No. And by the way, with her standards, is no there one's... a Mr. Perfect? No. You're going to find something wrong with anybody they set you up with. So now Self-sabotaging. we've bashed her enough. There is one thing that he said during his like interviews that really bothered me. You could tell that he was really upset and his feelings were hurt. Mm-hmm. But he goes after her looks. Because this whole time he's been like, oh, I'm so attracted to her. She's so pretty, which she is very pretty. But he's like, look, you're 32. You're no young chicken. And you age like milk. (laughs) Whereas guys age like wine and this and that. And then he even smiled and looked at the camera like, look, you guys, my my feelings are really hurt right now. Like, I fucking burned. Right. Like, I'm just I'm being a dick. But come on. Like, she hasn't held my hand. (laughs) Nothing. That's so funny. Um. Yeah. yeah. And so then the couple that's doing really well, I was cracking up because they're doing great. They're very lovey-dovey, mm-hmm. but he lives in a bus. Yeah. And then the whole honeymoon, he's like terrified to tell her that he lives right. in a bus. And his hints just make her like <laughs> mad because she's like, are you trying to tell me that I'm this way? And he's like, no, what I'm trying to tell you is, is I live on a <laughs> bus. <laughs> She's like, you know, I drive a brand new car, right? Are you trying to tell me that I'm in this category? And he's like, no. Have you seen his bus yet? Yes. So, guys, when we say he lives on a bus, I was picturing like Gen Z on TikTok, of course. They're very into like small homes, living on buses, Mm -hmm. living in even like RVs or campers or whatever. But they always turn them into like a really cute living space Mm -hmm. that they can still drive and like go from place to place. And it makes me very jealous. Yeah. Makes me wish I made different life choices. But um, 
No, his bus is a... <laughs> it's a tour bus. It's a tour bus, but it's on cinder blocks. Correct. Like, you can't even drive it anywhere. And Technically, he says that it, he could, but it would take him like two hours to like get it ready to like hit the road. Yeah. And it's... I mean, it didn't look it's, that nice it's, inside. No, it's work in progress for sure. So you have to believe in the vision. Yeah. But he's married to somebody who sells like luxury really condos. Nice. In Miami <laughs> yeah. of all places. So she's all, you live where? She handled it pretty well, though. She did. She's the best. I would marry her. Yeah. Like, she's a sweetheart. She's very sweet. She's very pretty. And they did do her so dirty with her hair on the wedding day. Listen, the hair and makeup people of season four needed to be fired because they actually did all three of them dirty. Mm -hmm. But especially the girl we're talking about, her hair is very thin and that's totally fine. But instead of like... She styles it herself well, but whatever they did to her... They gave her a comb over and I can't fathom why they did that. And then for it to rain... And then it rained on it and then it fucked it up. And and they never touched her up. And he's never seen her before. This is like your first impression. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did her real dirty. And then it was like the other couple ended up getting married indoors because it was raining. Like, you could have moved this lady's ceremony inside Seriously, when it started raining. I know. We can't just pause for 15 minutes and have everyone stand up and Because it's not like inside. it's a huge wedding party. Right. <laughs> right. There's maybe 20 people total. But all of their hair was, in my very professional opinion, mm-hmm. jacked up. The blonde hair was jacked up. This is, what is this, 98? Why does her hair look like that? Yeah. And the lady who has beautiful, gorgeous, her thick, natural curly curls hair are phenomenal. And they tried to like smooth it out and do like barrel curls. And yeah. all it did in Miami was frizz, frizz out up yeah. and get poofy. Mm-hmm. Oh my lord! Yeah, her natural hair is to die for. It's gorgeous. The hair and makeup people get a lot better in the later seasons. Thank goodness. You start getting some good hair and makeup, but those three that was rough going. Um, and then for the quiet couple. Well, he's quiet. I don't feel like she's quiet. I feel like he's very quiet and it's hard for her. But at the same time, she also hasn't been honest with him about her legit fear of dogs. She's like, eh, I don't know how I feel about dogs. I was like, no, bitch, you're terrified of dogs. Like, you yeah, need but, to but tell him. he has, him. like, a small dog. He has just... a big dog and a small dog. Oh, I only saw the small dog. Yeah, no, when they go to his house, she... F- She's like trying to hold it in the whole time. It's pure terror on her face. But so what do you do? You tell him. I know. But then what do you do? That just so that he's aware of it and then can maybe give her a little bit more space because he wasn't trying to keep the dogs away from her at all. Like He was allowing the dogs to basically be all over her because he was just thinking the more time you spend with them, the more comfortable you'll be. But when you have a legit fear of a dog and it's trying to lick your face. Yeah, yeah. Because I was just thinking about how we feel about our dogs. And like if we were on this experiment, which is funny, they keep calling it an experiment. Right. If we were on this experiment, that they would pair me up with somebody who's terrified of dogs. Like, well, I'm not going to rid of my dog. And that's why it's so, like, yeah, she clearly didn't say anything about it. And I appreciate that she doesn't expect him to get rid of the dogs. But, but I, also like maybe keep the dog out of my face. Yeah, a she bit. needs to be more open and honest with him about it to make her comfortable. You know, they can stay in a different room. He could get like little gates so that they could still like be a part of things, but not be on her. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe these dogs will win her over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get her over to the dog side. Mm-hmm. But that was just one thing. I was like, you have to tell him what you're thinking. He I think doesn't know you. I think they're funny together because he's very quiet and doesn't express anything. And she's overly expressive. Right. Like she's almost... She's so over the top with her facial yes. expressions. And it's just so funny because it looks like he's miserable and she's oh. trying to get it out of him. He's like, 
I'm having I'm the really best happy. time of my life. I'm so happy. <laughs> right? And this is amazing. With the most flat face. <laughs> you cannot read him at all. I'm having an amazing time. This yeah. is amazing. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm totally attracted to you. <laughs> he, and he's cute, too. He is. Yeah. He's very cute. I think mm-hmm. he's the cutest out of the three. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I'd probably have a hard time with somebody that like mom flat. that flat mm-hmm. I, I would know. constantly be thinking he's unhappy and yeah. i'd be constantly overcompensating mm-hmm. <laughs> and i could see that that would be a problem in their relationship all right well there's your married at first sight update guys <laughs> i listen i would apologize but it's our podcast we hey, do what we want. and compared to last season like i knew none of that was gonna work so really watching it was just kind of depressing the whole way through but i actually have faith in a couple of these couples so I do. I yeah. think I definitely don't Obviously think. Obviously not the one. The blonde. It, but watch them turn around and like fall they're in gonna love, be the, right? That's Lou's prediction. Lou has got this They hate each down. other and they're going to fuck and it's just going to be magic. Whoever hates each other, that's who he goes for is going to make it. That's yeah. always his bet. Yeah. But I mean, this is a definitely more exciting season. And the lovey-dovey couple makes me nervous because I feel like the couples who perfect. have sex right away, mm-hmm. they never make it. Yeah. Never. Yeah. At least so, they held out for the honeymoon. They did not fuck the wedding night. Right. They waited mm-hmm. till a like, day later. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Anywho. Um, I'm really disappointed in myself because I had <laughs> I had corrections from last week and I wrote them down on my rough draft, but I didn't write them down in my then, final draft. Yeah. I can tell you one of them, which neither one of us caught. I said that that movie we watched last week on Netflix with Robert Pattinson, I can't remember the name of it, but I said it had Tom Hiddleston in it. And that's Middleton. not true. Tom... Oh no! Isn't you it put Middleton? no, you put Middleton in my head. Now I can't remember his name. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Tom Hiddleston is Loki from the Avengers. Yeah. Tom Holland. Holland. He's Spider Man. Yes. Got it. He's the only Spider Man I've ever liked. Yeah, he is my favorite Spider Man. In all fairness, I'm not a Spider Man girl. I'm a Batman girl, but I he's do a great Spider-Man. like Tom Holland's Spider Man. And I mean, he's a little young for my taste, but he's pretty hot in that he's movie. He's a cutie patootie. Yeah, but Netflix, he's like kicking ass. Yeah. Someone's like fucking with his sister and he goes and beats the shit out of him. I actually heard someone on uh, one of the radio shows I listened to talking about that movie. They were like talking about the kinship or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can't remember his last name, but last week we had messed up. I had written down the very first murder victim of John Wayne Gacy. I'd written down as Timothy. And right, I think Timmy I John. <laughs> think I changed it to John. It is Timothy. Okay. I can't remember his last name. That'll be a double follow-up for next week when I remember to write it down. But um, Or maybe I'll look on my phone when B's talking. But uh, I'll get that name to you guys. But it is Timothy. I want to show him the respect he deserves. Um, so I want to make sure I get the name correct. And I can't remember. Oh, and the other follow-up was we were wondering what happened to John Wayne Gacy's kids. Mm-hmm. And I can't find anything online. Doesn't surprise me. Which is, I feel... I think I'm, that's good for them. I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that they have their... An, an anatomy, yep. autonomy. I can and um, no. <laughs> I'm happy they have their privacy. <laughs> I'm happy they have their privacy. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm good with that. All right, guys, I'm already a little buzzed, and I have a story to tell tonight. I'm so excited. I'm really excited because Nick kept asking me, like, so what's it about tonight? And I'm like, well, I could tell you about my movie, but I don't know if that has anything to do with what we're talking about. I have kept all. Details away from Bailey, since, as we all know, she doesn't listen to true crime podcasts as I do. Nope. Um, I love this one. It's so crazy. 
May and I ask when you first heard about it? I have it listed okay. as my reference. Okay. Um, but full disclosure, our movie this week has absolutely nothing to do with the case. <laughs> I'm literally using this as an excuse to tell you guys the story. And this movie was the closest movie I could get to it. Although there is another one that is, I mean, when we say similar, we're talking about not really, Real but a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the movie is, has some details that are similar, but it is not based on this case whatsoever. This case <coughs> is a standalone thing and there are no movies made off of this case. So roll with us. So roll with us. So this week, I'm going to tell Bailey about the haunting of the Andrews family. And I got all of my factual, you know, look it up and do research stuff on swordandscale.com, which is weird because Sword and Scale is a true crime podcast, a very popular one that I listen to. Um, It's a serious one. It has like ominous background music and the 911 calls and yeah. the real research it's mm-hmm. great sounds good great the last um season or so they've been really really hitting it out of the park i love sword and scale i didn't realize they had like a a blog mm-hmm. um so i found a lot of stuff on there um sword and scale it's great but the first time i heard this was on of course Your my favorite, favorite murder yeah. Episode 137, Karen tells it. Karen tells it so well that I know I'm not going to do as good of a job and I'm not going to try. But if you guys want to hear a professional stand-up comedian slash speaker tell it in a great way, episode 137, she she gives it to you guys. And then it, drop some notes in the comments. <laughs> please leave a comment for Bailey. <laughs> so we're going back to 1986. <gasps> okay. Pepperell. Pepperell, Massachusetts, and this is the Andrews family. Dad Brian, 15-year-old Annie, and her little sister Jessica, and unfortunately, the whole family's grieving because they just lost their mom to cancer. And Dad Brian has to work all these crazy hours to provide for his girls, so they're um they're basically latchkey kids which was like a real thing in the 80s the 90s i was a latchkey kid b was a latchkey kid which basically for you youngsters means that we had keys to our house and we just come and go as we kind of see fit and our parents are at work and we took care of ourselves in the afternoon and that's where um annie and jessica find themselves um just because their dad has to physically work so much right um and then one day they get a phone call Annie answers it, and it's a it's a teen boy on the phone. He says he got their number from a friend, and his name's Danny. And they start kind of this phone relationship with Danny. Annie would talk to him a lot on the phone. And, you know, he describes himself as tall and athletic and blonde. And, um, I'd do it. He's coming off real charming to mm-hmm. our Annie. I'd do it. And he finally asks Annie out. So... It's date night. Annie answers the door. Here's 15-year-old Danny LaPlante. He's short with greasy dark hair, pale Mm. face, acne face, doesn't smell that great. So this is like the OG catfish. This is the OG catfish. Annie's instantly disappointed, but Mm -hmm. she's she's polite. She's, you know, she's a good good person. Mm -hmm. So she goes out on the date, of course. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Love her. But on the date, she's getting weird vibes from Danny. Yeah. 
and especially weird vibes when Danny finds out that her mom died and starts asking her like really inappropriate questions about her mom's death. He wants in-depth detail. Did her mom suffer? How did she, how did Annie Mm -hmm. feel about that? So Annie's like freaked out and kind of pissed off. So after the date, she ghosts him. That's, that's it for Danny. Of course. Um, A couple weeks later, the girls are bored and lonely. They're really missing their mom. So they decide like so many teenage girls, especially back then, to have a seance mm-hmm. they bust out the ouija board yep try to get in contact with their mom but um nothing happens so they go to bed and then later that night they hear knocking coming from the walls and they're like oh shit it worked like mom's yeah. trying to talk to us so they're excited and happy about it yeah except for as the weeks progress the knocking gets louder um more persistent more persistent and then objects start missing mm-hmm. objects around the house start moving on their own their clothes start going missing and remember they're home alone their dad's yeah. at work yeah so they're freaked out and they try to tell their dad about it but of course their dad's like you guys are crazy yeah. you're being dramatic right. whatever it's because of missing your mom and the trauma and all that yeah but meanwhile the girls think that they've opened the portal to like a uh, ghost, like of a course, demon. Of course. Um, and this is like satanic panic time. I would think that. For sure. I would be on that page. Absolutely. And the dad never witnesses any of this happening. He never notices. Because he's not around. Right. So January 1987. Now there's like a loud banging coming from the basement. And the girls are like, that's fucking it. We're done. They grab butcher knives. And they head down to the basement. Yes. To find out what the fuck is going on. And Do there's it. nothing there. But there's a message written on the wall that looks like it's in blood. And it says, I'm in your room. Come and find me. And the girls freak the fuck out. Yeah. They run out of the house. They go to the neighbors. They're hysterical. They call their dad. They call the police. Mm -hmm. Dad and the police show up and they search the house. There's nothing there. The message is gone. No, the message is still there. But but the message was written in ketchup. Mm-hmm. And they're like, the dad automatically the thinks my girls need attention. I'm not around enough. They miss their mom. Like, they're just trying to get attention. He's embarrassed. He's a little pissed off. So he puts the girls in therapy and uh, they try to move on. And a few weeks go by and nothing really happens. A couple weeks. But then the loud knock- knocking starts again. Mm-hmm. And it's coming from Annie's room. And it's like an aggressive knocking. Mm-hmm. So the girls go up to see what's happening, and they find another message written in ketchup. And this one says, I'm back. Find me if you can. So the girls, again, freak out, run out of the house, go to the neighbor, call their dad. The neighbor goes and checks things out in the house, can't find anything. Um, So then their dad shows up. Mm -hmm. No police this time, just the dad. And... He realizes he's pissed, right? He's oh, like, he's, we're doing this shit again. He's working his ass off. Right. He's grieving. Right. He's got two children. He's doing what he can to take care of. Who he thinks are like playing and pranks to get attention. being like shitheads mm-hmm. because they need attention. So when he shows up to the neighbor's house, the girls are so fucking hysterical that he's like, all right, let's go check it out because they're really like, you can't act this well. Right. And the neighbor told him, like, nothing was in the house when I went in there. Mm -hmm. Dad goes in there. Now all the TVs are turned all the way up. 
full volume. Oh, okay. The house is trashed. Yeah. Things have been thrown around everywhere. They're being taunted. And nobody's been in there mm-hmm. since the neighbor. So he starts to head upstairs and he sees written on the wall again in ketchup is the word marry me. And he's like, what the fuck? So then he goes to Annie's room and in her room, there's a figure standing there wearing his dead wife's wedding dress, wearing a blonde wig. And the figure turns around and they have black paint, like makeup smeared across their face. And it's Danny LaPlante. Yeah. He's got a hatchet in his hand. And he freaks the fuck out of their dad, Brian. Obviously. So there's a tussle and Brian gets away and they call the police. And then the police show up and there's nothing there. Danny's gone. There's nothing in the house. And as they're doing their search. Wait, wait, wait. Like the the ketchup? No, everything's still there. Okay. But but Danny's gone. Yeah. And there's no evidence of him so, being there besides yeah. what was already there. Gotcha. But then the police notice, an officer notices that a bookcase is like a little off the wall. Mm-hmm. He pulls it away from the wall and they find this hatch door. Yep. Which leads to a secret crawl space that runs the around through the entire house where Danny LaPlante has been living for the past two months. He's been in the walls. How do you not know that as a homeowner? I don't know. It's the 80s. And yeah. so he's written all these crazy messages all over the inside of the crawl space. They find him curled up in a ball laughing hysterically. He laughs the That's entire good. time they arrest him and take him to the police station. He laughs the whole time. Also inside the walls, they find the objects that had gone missing. They find the clothing that had gone missing and he had ejaculated on it. Oh. And they find peepholes all throughout the house where he could watch the girls yeah. through any point oh, of the house. My God. So that is the creepy, terrifying story of Danny LaPlante, but it doesn't end there. So let's talk about Danny. Yeah, please talk about Danny. Oh, Danny boy. Um, and I'm saying LaPlante, it's spelled L-A-P-L-A-N-T-E. LaPlante? LaPlante, yeah. Um, Daniel Danny LaPlante was born May 1970 and let's say it together folks his dad was an abusive alcoholic he used to beat the shit out of Danny he used to verbally abuse him and he used to sexually abuse him I we're starting to notice a pattern now mm-hmm. like maybe if you don't want to raise a psychopath you don't do that shit right. to innocent children you piece of shit Anyways, Danny also has dyslexia and has really bad hygiene, so he's teased crazy at school. All the kids make fun of him. Yeah, obviously. You were saying he was like greasy and the acne. Yes. And so eventually, due to his, I guess, action at school and whatever, there he's um, sent to the school psychologist. Mm Mm-hmm. Then the school psychologist starts sexually assaulting him. Oh, my God. And assaults him for a year. Yeah. So Danny starts um, in the midst of of all this. He starts breaking into homes, I guess, to steal stuff. But he would also just fuck with the homeowners. He would just move stuff a little bit. Yeah. Just enough to fuck with you where you're like, I didn't leave that there. I see it as like, I'm being fucked with. So let me see how I can fuck with others. Probably, but he is also stealing stuff, but it's not like big grand robberies right. where you're like, all of your grandma's yeah. jewels are stolen. Yeah. It's a little of this, a little of that, and but then also while he's in the house, 
let me just kind of fuck yeah, shit up. Absolutely. And that's actually where they think he got the phone number. He think he they think to he start was calling them. in a friend of the family of yeah. the Andrews family. Mm-hmm. And that's where he got the number for the girls. Mm-hmm. Um and so now we're now we've caught up. That's his whole history because he's only 15 when he does yeah. that to the Andrews sisters. He is sent to juvie for a year um, where his mom eventually makes bail for him. He gets out and within a month after a year in juvie, he robs a house. He steals two handguns. And then a month after that, which is December 1st, 1987, he breaks into the home of the Gustafin family. And at home is 33-year-old Priscilla Gustafin. She's pregnant. She's a preschool teacher. Her husband's out of town. Mm -hmm. She's there alone with her two children, eight-year-old Abigail and five-year-old William. I'm literally picturing you. Right. Yeah. Because that was the ages of my kids when I was 33. Yeah. Daniel rapes Priscilla multiple times and then shoots her point-blank range in the back of the (gasps) head. Then he drowns eight-year-old Abigail in one bathroom and William in another bathroom. Shut the fuck up. Nope. That took a real turn. Then eventually the the husband, dad, Andrew Gustafin comes home to find his wife dead face down in their bed in a huge pool of blood. Um, His sweet baby William is in the upstairs bathroom dead uh-uh. and Abigail is in the downstairs bathroom dead. Meanwhile, piece of shit Daniel LaPlante kidnaps a woman to steal her car. She escapes. Thank God. Um, and Daniel, you know, drives away. But police find Daniel hiding in a dumpster a few towns away. And it didn't mention why the police were even after him. I'm assuming it's for the stolen car. Mm-hmm. But they find him hiding in a dumpster. And they find hair on his sock that, that is him. Abigail's. Yeah. So it links him to the Gustafin family murder. Um, so... The theory at first was that since he has like a history of break-ins, maybe the Gustafin family was a break-in gone wrong. Like he wasn't expecting them to be home, except for he had brought restraints and used restraints on the family. So so it's premeditated. Yeah, and they do give a little dig at him because remember he's always been he's not what he described right. He's not tall, no. athletic, uh-uh. whatever. So what they're saying is. He's never been able to overpower his victims before because he's so small so and scrawny. He picked a pregnant woman, but also now he has the handguns. Oh. So now he has like something that can actually overpower them, which I thought it was not funny, but I like that they put a little dig in there. They're like, yeah, yeah he's so fucking small and scrawny. He's never been able he to do this shit that, before yeah. until he got a gun. Mm-hmm. Um. So the defense tries for insanity. It doesn't work. Daniel Laplante is sentenced to three life sentences. In prison, Daniel becomes a Wiccan and he actually sues the state multiple times because they won't give him access to the things he needs to um, practice his religion, such as black opium, dragon's blood or honeysuckle. Right. Which, by the way, the Wiccan community is like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, we don't claim you. We want nothing to do with you. Yeah. And the Wiccans are like, dragon's blood? Like, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah, real Wiccans are cool as shit. They're yeah. basically hippies. Yeah. So don't let Daniel LaPlante fool Tarnish you. their reputation. Right. Um, and so he's never found to be remorseful. The Clearly. prison psychologists never make way with him. He's always a piece of shit. Um, 
Andrew Gustafins, the husband of the family that was murdered, his dying words on his deathbed were basically were reported to be like, don't ever let him out of prison. Don't ever let him be free. And his he did remarry. So his wife spoke at one of um, Daniel's. He kept going to trial to get his sentence to reduce due to the fact that he was a minor when this happened. And she spoke at um, one of those um whatever hearings and she basically testified that he had ruined her husband's life Mm -hmm. even though andrew married her he was never the same again and um he was never he's never been he's never had his sentence reduced so he's still in prison i don't think he's dead that'll be a follow-up for next week Yeah, i wouldn't think so either and that i was gonna ask but he's been denied every single time he's asked for a sentence reduced Mm -hmm. um and so, yeah, if you guys want to listen, that's the whole story. My favorite murder, episode one thirty-seven. Parole? No. I, that's he keeps going for it, and they keep denying it. Yeah. Him. Okay. Um, and then also, I've heard that there's a great episode on um, investigation discovery. It's a show that's called Your Worst Nightmare. His episode's called Bump in the Night, which is kind of funny. Yeah. I might name our episode that. Um. I heard it's really good. I haven't watched it because Karen Kilgariff on My Favorite Murder, she kind of went off that episode and she painted such a visual that I don't want to pay the $2.99 on YouTube to watch it. Yeah. But I hear it's really good. Yeah. And if you want something that's based on the crime, that's your go-to. Mm-hmm. The movie we watched this week is not based on the crime at all. <laughs> but I see the similarities. Right. I totally do. What movie did you watch this week, B? I See You. I see you starring Helen Hunt. I think it came out in like 2019. It did. It's like a really similar. Uh, December of 2019. There you go. Yeah. So almost 2020. Yeah. Um, and I tried to find out. I couldn't figure out if it actually was in theater or if it went straight to DVD or if it I was. I felt prime. like it was like an Amazon movie, maybe. Right. Because that's theater? how I watched it. And I couldn't find an answer. It wasn't very clear. It said that it definitely premiered at like film fil- film festivals as if it was going to be released. Mm-hmm. And it had a release date of December. But then I didn't actually get any indication that it actually went into a theater and this is a movie that i have seen guys i saw it before b my husband and i watched it on amazon um i personally really liked it mm-hmm. i've gotten mixed reviews from it i think our friend ben didn't like it as much i like it i liked it a lot mm-hmm. absolutely I- <laughs> the only thing i mean it's a little confusing because i feel like you've got three different stories that you're trying to follow it definitely feels like it's going in one direction. And then you're like, oh, we did a 180. And then you're like, oh, and then we're going to circle back. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then it all ties up in yeah. a weird way. Mm-hmm. And then we're also, the way that it's edited, it's like it's from the mom's point of view. And it's from the dad's point of view. And it's from the kid's point of view. And and so yeah. you're just, you're trying to piece everything together. So obviously you've seen the movie. You know what frogging is. I had never heard that term. Me neither. No. So frogging, for those of you who don't know, is basically the idea of living amongst another person's, like, within their home without them knowing that you're there. Mm -hmm. And it's only for, like, a limited amount of time because froggers don't want to be detected. For the most part, they're, like, not there to fuck with you, but just to kind of use the environment, do what they need to, and then move on. So, like, leap from pad to pad, frogging. by the way... They can try to spin this as much as they want. It's so fucked up. Oh, it is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to get into your side of things just because I've seen the movie, so I have more of an opinion. But 
like whatever the girl tries to make it seem like it's all good like we leave no trace or whatever i'm like fuck you you're still living in another person get out of my house bitch and (laughs) completely violating their privacy and fucking with all of their shit could you imagine you'd never feel secure again ever no and i will say before you get into it i have not heard of frogging but i have seen the like whether they're real or not, the scary like videos on YouTube or whatever of like people yeah. coming down from the ceiling and they're getting caught scary. on like the Nest Cam or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like so terrifying. And they're not even doing anything. They'll just come down quietly, mm-hmm. grab a snack, do whatever, and then go back up into it's the attic the or the hiding hole. invasion of privacy and also the vulnerability because knowing that you weren't aware. It's like, how could you not know? This is what's happening within your own house. So that's why I questioned earlier, like, the dad knew about the crawl space. Like, did he just never even think about that? It was was just never an option. I think he just always thought that his girls were... Yeah, looking for the attention. Starting some shit. Yeah. I think that's just where... Especially, you got to remember, 80s? I know. Those dads were different than dads nowadays. Mm -hmm. They didn't give a fuck. I know. Can you be quiet and let me go to work? The second we moved into our house where we currently live, there was a weird smell in the bathroom. And I'm like, babe, there's a dead body buried somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) We got to find it. I'm convinced that our bathroom was haunted. John John Wayne Gacy. (laughs) Was that John Gay Wacy? (laughs) No. Long story short, the toilet just wasn't sealed the way it should have been. There you go, people. <laughs> but of course, the first thing I think of, there's a dead body. Somebody died here. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's rational. <laughs> I do this weird thing, especially if Lou's not home, where I will check every Everything. nook and cranny in my house, except for the attic, because I can't check there. But I will check under beds, in yeah. closets. I'm just so convinced. Yeah. I've seen all the Saw movies. Mm-hmm. I know people are lurking in the dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so psychotic. Even coming out here to the pod shed, because it's dark before we get here and turn the light on. Yeah. If I come in here by myself to, like, record our intro, I'll be like, there's going to be someone in the pod shed just waiting to fucking kill me. I just know it. Can I talk about the night that I was here with Lila and Zoe and you were with Wyatt? I don't even know what you're talking about. You will when I tell the story. Oh, please tell the story. So I think it was when Wyatt was having, like, stomach issues. Oh, yeah. We had to go to the ER because we thought his appendix burst, which it did not. Right. He's just a dramatic little shit. So I was asleep on the couch and Lila was knocking on your bedroom door. (laughs) And I thought somebody was knocking at the front door. Terrified. I went into like protective ant mode. right? (laughs) And I'm like, I grab something and I go to the door and I'm like looking. I know I lock the door. So like I look outside and all this. And then Lila comes up like quietly like, Auntie B. And I'm like, mother. <laughs> My daughter almost got stabbed, y'all. I scare the crap out of your daughter. Terrify so her. She's already emotional because you're not home. <laughs> and I'm like, go back into your room. <laughs> That's so Unaware funny. that it had been her knocking. And then she told me and I was like, oh, motherfucker. What about the span of time recently when my husband and I thought that people were messing with yes. us? Because our doorbell would go off randomly at random times of the night, day, and then nobody would be there. And we thought for sure people were fucking with us. Mm -hmm. We did have a couple break-ins in people's cars on our court. 
So we're like, we weren't too far off. It got base. to the point where Nick and I were like, what did you guys do to piss somebody <laughs> off? Because they're literally working their way specifically to your house just to ring Our your doorbell. Our doorbell would go off in the middle of the <sighs> night and I'm a light sleeper. So it would wake me up right away. And then I'd wake Lou up, my husband, and then nobody would be there. It got to the point where like Lou was going out there with weapons ready to and fight. at like 3 a.m. Yeah. And the only reason we realized that people weren't doing that is because we were standing right next to our front door one day and the doorbell chimed and we're like, oh, it's a wiring issue. It's not people trying to murder us in the middle of the night. Yeah. But it's still scary, though, for your doorbell to ring at 3 a.m. and nobody's there. That's terrifying. Of course. And then now I've gotten in the habit where I'm home alone and I'll start locking the door because of Thank you. you. No, but then Nick will come home and be like, what the fuck? I don't have a key. <laughs> That's fine. I can unlock it for you. It's like, what's wrong? What are you doing? He's like accusing me of doing something inside the house. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm trying to masturbate for three hours in the straight and you're right? interrupting don't interrupt me. interrupt me. All right. So we've got a mom. Who's some kind of doctor. I never really figured out what the fuck she did. I totally forgot what her profession was. Yeah, she's some kind of doctor. A dad who's a detective and a teenage son who's angsty. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to happen. Right. It's obvious that the mom has had an affair. There's a lot of tension in the family. And they're like having breakfast. And she's missing her fucking sunflower coffee mug. And she's talking to her kid about it, like, have you seen my mug? Where could it be? Weird shit starts happening. The mug ends up being found, like, on their roof. The silverware goes missing. It's found in the washing machine or the dryer. And does she also think that her kid's just being a shit? She does. Mm -hmm. She's just... Actually, she doesn't, like, really accuse anybody, but she does. She's just asking, like, hey, you guys, like... Why is my mug on the fucking roof? Because I didn't leave my mug on the roof. I haven't been on the roof. Right. But then the second she questions anything, their immediate response is, well, fuck you, bitch. You slept with another man. Who are you to question what we might be doing, even though we're not the ones doing it? I mean, they have a point. Right. So to be fair, like as a family, they're pretty broken. So to question anything... Right? Like, how would you know what's happening? You would just think in the back of your mind, like, you'd make up all these excuses. Oh, it's got to be my husband. Not me, but I mean, I'm sure other people would. Yeah. Not me. I go straight to serial killer. I know. And so things really take a turn when the lover Mm. shows up at the house. Hey. He's knocking at the door. The kid's home. The husband's at work. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? They get into a conversation. He's wanting to pursue the relationship. She's like, no, I want to be with my family. And the sunflower mug comes crashing down on his head Mm -hmm. from the roof, which is right next to where the son's bedroom window would be. Right. So she, again, automatically jumps to my kid's saw Mm -hmm. through the mug. I got to get you the fuck out of here. Which, by the way, I'm on the kid's side. I know. That guy deserves having a mug thrown in his fucking head. Right? And so she takes them down to the basement and, like, cleans them up. And she's like, I got to go take care of my kid. While they're down there, her phone rings and it's from 
his phone, the lover's phone, but he doesn't have it. And so she's like, hello? And no one's there, but she can hear music and the music's coming from inside of her house. That's creepy. Mm-hmm. So she goes upstairs and she again asks the son, hey, were you upstairs just now? And he's like, no, I've been here waiting for you. Aren't you supposed to take me to school? And she's like, yeah. Did you turn on the music? He's like, why the fuck are you asking me all these questions, mom? Like, just take me to school. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) I forgot to mention that she's pretty heavy, heavily medicated. She has pills that she takes with her coffee and with her wine. (laughs) They're like taking pills with the wine. The the husband dips into the pills occasionally. So that I think she's some kind of like psychologist or psychiatrist. She's writing her own prescriptions. (laughs) What I was leaning towards, what I would do. Anywho. So she takes her kid to school. And at this time... This is when shit really gets crazy. So we flash back to like day one of the movie and we see her garage door opening and there are these kids who are recording like videos, like a documentary of some sort and they're like, sneaking underneath the garage door before it closes Mm -hmm. and sneaking into the house and this is where we hear about the frogging right so these there's a girl and a boy fairly young like late teens i'd say like 19 ish yeah Mm -hmm. late teens she's been homeless for a while i don't know what's going on with him yet and she's been doing this for some time and he just recently this is his first time he helped pick the house And they go and they find their room because it's a nice big house. Like, these people are loaded. Mm -hmm. There's a guest bedroom. There's an attic. There's plenty of space for them. So they kind of make themselves comfortable. That's the other thing is not, I mean, our houses are nice, but they're like average houses. Like, there's no room for anybody to frog in our house. No, I thought about that immediately. We would, unless they're kicking it in the attic, I guess. Which is so small. And and they're... Entry point is my kid's closet yeah. for my house. So mm-hmm. I'm like, we would notice you coming in and out of that. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Not an issue for us. That's for sure. And so this is where the whole frogging thing comes into play. The girl is relatively normal. Like I said, she's been doing this for a while. She's super respectful of the house and the homeowner. She's like, we just take what we need. We get what we need and we go. He's weird as fuck. Yep. He starts he's the one that stole the cup he's the one that's been smoking out on the roof using the sunflower cup he's the one that stole the silverware he's been stealing pictures from the picture frames inside the house Mm. right creepy yeah it's just super weird but slowly enough that the girl's not noticing right until she like hears the family talking about it and then she pieces it together that he's the one doing it and then one night he drugs her Gives her one of the mom's pills, like crushes it up, puts it in her water. (laughs) And that night he goes like deep on the family. He starts fucking with the kids, sending him messages, like taunting him. Like, do you know what frogging is? So the kid goes to look it up online 
And that night the dad was sleeping in the guest room. He goes into the guest room. He pees on the dad. Okay. Can we pause for a minute? Yeah. What's his mask look like, B? Does he have a frog mask? A weird fucking frog mask. Okay. And he pees on the dad? Yeah. He's standing on the bed, <laughs> peeing on the dad. Do you believe we live in the Matrix? The I do. W- <laughs> the way the Matrix works. The glitch. Blows my mind. I The fact that we're doing this this week, and this week I got peed on by a frog, is <laughs> amazing. Um, guys, I was actually coming out to the pod shed I don't know, whenever, last weekend mm-hmm. to record our intro, and it was nighttime, and I almost stepped on a, it's not even a frog, I think it's a big old toad, I almost stepped on a toad, and I was so excited, we have, we get a bunch in our yard. They're so cool. But it was still early enough that my toddler was awake, and so I, sh- you know, I was like, I wanted to show her, I, pi- I gently picked him up, and then he proceeded to pee all over my hand, so I feel like me and this movie really have something in common right now. If you got peed on in the middle of the night, would you wake up? Well, I'm a very light sleeper, yeah. yes. But you said that he's dipping into the mom's pills. He is. And, and he's a detective. And if I remember correctly, I'm not going to say anyone has a drinking problem because I know I have a drinking problem. But he does. Like, as soon as he gets home, he starts knocking those beers back. He definitely does. So that's a good point. But he wakes up the next morning thinking he peed himself, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely where my, if I was drunk or on pills, for sure, (laughs) I would think I peed myself. Mm -hmm. And I'd be super embarrassed, so I would never mention it to anybody. And now that we're on the subject of the dad, let's talk about the dad. So the actual opening minutes of the film, we see a boy, a young boy, 10 years old, riding his bike on a bike trail, but it's through the woods, very secluded, and he's got a green soccer jersey on. And as he's riding his bike out of nowhere, it looks like he hits an invisible fucking wall. Like he comes flying off of his bike. And we, that's like the last we see of him until we find out that obviously he's a missing case. That the detective dad, I like to call him detective daddy, gets assigned to. He and his partner. And when they're in the woods doing the... Um, search for evidence they find a green Swiss army knife okay and this and this is still back when the kid was missing this is like right as the kid is okay. missing they're mm-hmm. doing their search for the kid okay yep like I said we've got the POV of everybody the mom the right. kid I just the... wanted to make sure we were still in the past yep so searching for the kid they find a green Swiss army knife mm-hmm. and this freaks out detective daddy and his partner because it's the exact, what's it called? The, an MO or whatever. It's like the exact thing that they had already got another killer on years prior. Oh. The guy had abducted like at least six other young boys. Oh. And they already have him in jail. So he's already in prison. Mm-hmm. But, so could it be a copycat? And that's what they're trying to figure out. But it's got them seriously on edge, right? This green Swiss army knife. And so the other guy would just always leave a a green Swiss army knife behind? Mm Mm-hmm. That feels like a weird thing to do. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And so that's what the dad's been doing. He's working on this case, coming home to his wife, who he's not sure if he even wants to be married to anymore. 
And on Did this, you see her face? I don't know if right. I'm even married to her either. <laughs> and on this particular day when he comes home, his wife is in hysterics and he gets brought down into the basement where the formerly just concussed ex-lover was just chilling. Well, now he's dead. He Wait, is, he was concussed from the mug. Mm-hmm. He was left in the basement. She goes to drop her He was her fine. Kid. Yeah, she goes to drop her kid off at school. She comes back. Husband comes back. During this time, he gets knocked in the fucking head by we don't know who. We don't know who does it? Not at this point. Mm-mm. Oh, shit. Mm-mm. So who she, does she think does it? She thinks it's her son. I mean, that's a valid choice. She thinks it's her son. She's convinced her son's done this, and that's why she goes to her cop husband like, you need to help me cover this shit up. Whoa. Like, I've broken our family. <laughs> and he literally looks at her like, you can't be hysterical right now. This is your fucking fault, basically. <laughs> like, bitch, you don't get to freak out right now. You need to wow. pull it together, and we Aggressive, need to sir. dump this body. Oh, my Lord. Mm-hmm. So they put the body in the car and they go to dump the car. I guess at this point we'll jump back to the Froggers. Back to the Froggers. Okay. So they saw all this. The girl was in the basement at the time that the ex-lover got killed. So who was it? Who? Well, you know because you watched the movie. I don't remember. It's Detective Daddy. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. I do remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. Detective Daddy's the one who attacked him. Mm-hmm. Detective Daddy came home, found him down there, beat him with a baseball bat. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember him getting beat with a baseball bat. I could not remember who did it. Yeah. Detective but Daddy. at the same time, the creepy male frogger has bound and gagged the son. Just for fun. And put him in the bathtub. He's knocked the fuck out. Why? And he puts a green Swiss army knife. Come on. In the bar of soap. Jesus Christ. What does it all mean? Right? What does it all fucking mean? See, the problem is, is I remember the very ending. I remember the final outcome. I don't remember any of this stuff in between. Yeah. I forget all of it. Mm -hmm. I've only seen it once. Okay. So after dumping the body... Detective Daddy and Helen Hunt come home to find their son in the bathtub, bound and gagged. With the green Swiss army knife. Uh Uh-huh. So Detective Daddy's like, you take our son to the hospital right now. I need to figure out what's going on. I got this. Just go. Mm -hmm. And by now, he's kind of like pieced together that something's going on in the house. (laughs) Really? Right. But he gets in his car. And he starts driving out into the middle of nowhere. But at this point, the girl is in the back of the car. The girl frogger. Mm-hmm. And she's found a bag with the bloody bat from killing the lover. Oh, shit. And the green soccer jersey of the boy that gets abducted in the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, but does she know what that means? She knows it's the missing boy because it's been like all over the news. Oh, shit. Everyone, all the, everyone in the community knows about this so missing boy. So Detective Daddy. So she's in the back of this car. He's driving out in the middle of the fucking nowhere. She waits for him to stop and get out and he leaves. Why'd she get in the car? 
She sees what the male frogger did to the son. She confronts him. He pushes her down the stairs, thinks she's dead, and throws her body in the car. Oh, my God. People are so casual about dead bodies in this movie. They're like, eh, they're dead. Let's get rid of them. So she's unconscious and wakes up to this. They get to the woods. He gets out. She has her cell phone. She has service. She calls. Mm. But as she's on the phone, she loses the service. Mm -hmm. But finds a trailer, like an airstream. In the woods? In the middle of fucking nowhere in the woods. That seems not suspicious at all. All the windows are covered with, like, newspaper. (laughs) Great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Same thing as a white van with no windows, the windows covered. You're like, okay, Mm -hmm. what's really going on? So she goes inside. And she finds the missing boy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you got to hurry. He's out there digging my grave, basically. Like, we got to get the fuck out of here. And the next thing we know, he's behind her. And the boy, if I remember correctly, is locked in something. He's like zip tied inside of a closet. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not as easy as just like the boy can run. He's- right. Definitely hard to. Yeah, no, she's got to get through a lock in the closet and then like unzip tie him, and oh there's no time. It's so. It makes my stomach hurt. Right. So, again, I need to backtrack to like during the investigation of this boy that she just found because of the copycat scenario with or, the knife. Mm-hmm, they did remember that there were two survivors from the original case. Okay. Way back in the, what, like 80s or something, 90s? They never said the years of when the case actually happened. I'm going to say 90s. Yeah. But they go to the parents' house where the boy still lives, and he's basically, like, living in a shed in the backyard. Oh, that's right. He's super creepy. His face is disfigured. Uh He, like, he claims to have done it to himself Mm -hmm. after everything that happened to him in the woods with this guy. Oh, Jesus. He's, like... There's this house, but you're not going to find it because it doesn't exist, right? It's a house that can be moved, a oh, trailer. Like the Airstream? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's like, that's why you're never going to find him. And so at this point, for some reason, he, the detective daddy thinks it's a good idea to take female Frogger back to the house to kill her. To his residential house? To his residential house. Because... Why not kill her in the woods, my guy? Because he had the evidence to make it all look... Because she's a frogger. Mm Mm-hmm. They had made the... Wait, but how does he know that? Because he found the video recorder and shit. Got it. That she had. We got... Remember, they were, like, doing the documentary Mm -hmm. within his house. It it made sense for all the weird occurrences and everything. He could just tie it all up. So he had to bring her back to the house to kill her. Where male Frogger is like still there waiting for him. Yeah, motherfucker. And now we have an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. That's what he's called. So male Frogger, unfortunately, doesn't save female Frogger. She does die. He shoots her. Oh, shit. I mm-hmm. forgot about that. And then shoots a bunch of other shit to make it look like a struggle. A struggle. And then male Frogger comes out. They get into a fight. And then it connects... With Detective Daddy, that he knows the male Frogger. 
And he almost starts to, like, come up with excuses, like, oh, you can't kill me because of this, and you don't know what happened to me, and you don't know about my past, this Ooh, and that. do I not give a fuck about that, mm-hmm. sir? And so he kills Detective Daddy, the frogger. Mm-hmm. And at that point, his partner and all the cops are on the scene. They're at the house. Mm-hmm. Because of the call from the woods or whatever, and they couldn't find this detective, so they show up at his house. And he uh, immediately shoots the kid, right? Because he shot his partner. Of course. Right? No questions asked, nothing. Of course. Just immediately shoots him. And as the male frogger is laying on the ground, he says the name of the cop that shot him. And the cop's like, what the fuck? Like, how do you know who I am? He was the boy from the original case so many years ago yep. and detective daddy is the guy that's been taking these boys the whole time yep. with the green swiss army knife and all of it and, and that's why he picked the house to be his first frogging experience right. and it's why he did all the shit to well, fuck he was being so weird with detective daddy he's like why not fuck with this family so just to be very clear, Detective Daddy has been kidnapping, I'm assuming assaulting and murdering young boys for years. For years, but because he's a detective, no one he can plant evidence that led to the arrest of an innocent person. Mm-hmm. And then he still, but that's a loophole. Never like I don't understand why. If you've gotten away with it for so long and you have somebody behind bars, why would you keep, keep planting the same? evidence yeah. mm-hmm. why wouldn't you start a new trend why do you keep going back to that green swiss army knife his ego just yeah and also what was the toy there's a toy that the male frogger did he already have that or okay, did he no, find that it's a pez dispenser and it used to be his it was it was his you see it in the back of his pocket as a little boy when he meets but doesn't he find it in like the son's room or he no, just he still has, has it, it the whole time. Okay. He just has I was always, can, I mm-hmm. forgot about, I couldn't remember. I thought maybe, and I actually thought that would be a, I guess Pez dispensers are a dime a dozen, but mm-hmm. I thought that maybe it had been his, that shit that happened in the woods when he was a boy happened. He right. survived. But then I thought maybe the dude's son, his attacker's son had the Pez dispenser because he brought it to him. Right. So my whole question is, like, was his partner in on it, too? Because I couldn't really figure that out. I, I'd have to rewatch it. Yeah. I don't. I honestly don't remember much. I remember the froggers getting to the house mm-hmm. and kind of frogging around. Right. Which, yeah, like I said, was a totally new concept to me. I remember the male frogger being a creepazoid. Mm-hmm. And then my memory goes blank until the very end when we find kids in airstream trailers and we find out that the boy frogger had been a victim Mm -hmm. but um i thought it was a good movie i liked it a lot i'm usually pretty good at guessing the twist and i did not guess that twist no i didn't see either i didn't see the frogging coming and i didn't see detective daddy coming i really thought it was going to be like the strangers yeah i thought it was going to be that they were i knew that they were at the house without people knowing i didn't know it was a thing called frogging yeah but I thought it was going to be like that, especially with a mask involved. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like The Strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another movie, which we haven't watched. It's a horror movie called The Boy. And so I looked up the synopsis 
whatever, the yeah. plot summary of the boy because it kept popping up when I Googled um, Daniel case. LaPlante. And apparently the boy is about Maggie from The Walking Dead. I don't know her real name. She takes on a nanny job in a big, rich manner and very kind of like upper crust, snooty, older couple. And she's like, great, where's this kid? Well, the kid is this porcelain doll. It's a porcelain boy doll. And they're like, it's this guy. And I'm like, and they give him, they give her I all. I do appreciate that it's a boy doll. It's a boy. There's a reason there's a, it's a boy. So they give her all these rules that she has to follow. And then they take off. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to follow these rules for, for this your fucking, fucking doll. Do- yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, stuff starts happening. Right. Objects start moving. Oh. She starts getting fucked with. There's noises, whatever. And she legit thinks it's the doll. Come to find out. I mean, I'm sure I'm leaving stuff out because I've never seen it. Come to find out that that couple did have a living son. And he had killed a girl, I think, like a local girl. And before he authorities could get to him, their house burnt down and the boy died in the fire was the story. Oh, God. Now skip to here we are nannying a porcelain doll. Yeah. And we find out that that kid had survived. And I think the parents maybe had been hiding him in the walls of the house. But now he's a grown man. And he wears like a like a a mask that looks like the porcelain doll because his face is disfigured. But he fucks with her from living in the walls. Yeah. So same thing. Objects moving. Noises. Blah, 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 blah. And then I don't know what happens in the end because I just read this all on IMDb. But Well, damn. I want to watch that. I know. And that's what I was going to tell you. But I didn't want to ruin the spoiler alert of my story. Yeah. So I was like, if I tell her (laughs) that the boy is close to it, too, she's going to realize that it's somebody living in walls. Well, I did. I really enjoyed the movie that I watched. And it sounds like I would enjoy that as well. I know. We should get together and watch the boy later. Is that something do you think you'd let Lila watch? I've never seen it, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how scary it is. Knowing nowadays, it's probably not that fucking scary. Because yeah. scary movies, to me at least, aren't that scary anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you saw a scary movie that really actually fucking scared you? I want to say... I can't remember if it was like one of those like sinisters or... The conjurings or whatever, but like it got me like with a jump scare or something. Or I mean, just... jump scares will get me, yeah. but then I leave it behind. I mean, a movie oh, one that, that like lingered and actually stuck with me. Yeah, made you scared to like go to sleep at night. No, I can't. I can't remember the last time. The last time for me was, um, I mean, we had talked about the paranormal activity movies like way back when, like when they first came out. Maybe. The first ones did scare me a little bit. Mm-hmm. It didn't keep me up at night, though. Yeah. But the first time I saw it, I didn't even see it in the theater. I saw it. We talked about The Exorcist. That kind of lingered a little bit. So the first time paranormal activity, I saw it. I watched it. Um, <laughs> my other bridesmaid, who I'm not friends with anymore, I watched it at her house and um i got scared and then we were having like a sleepover and we went to sleep and then one she had like this big mirror on her wall and in the middle of the night it fell just out of nowhere oh, that would be scary it was pretty scary yeah. and it also kind of made me tuck my feet into the sheets for a while yeah i was scared to have my feet dangling out there the last one that made me lose sleep was called 
What, the fourth kind or the fifth kind? Which I tried and I just, I, it's not my type of movie. It scared the piss out of me. No. With Mila Jovovich. I don't know. Do you know what movie I'm talking about? Where she's in Alaska and she's a psychiatrist. And they have the real footage along with the... Oh, I'm thinking of a totally different movie. <laughs> well, let me put you onto some shit then, B. They came out with this movie with Mila Jovovich, right? But they Blair Witched us. But they didn't tell us that they Blair Witched us, so I fucking believed it. Because I'm gullible. Um, obviously. So they have interviews with the air quote real woman that it's based on. And yeah. she looks crazy as shit. Like yeah. she has seen some shit and now she is terrorized. Mila Jovovich plays the movie version of her. So what you're really watching is the movie. But sometimes they'll like split screen it between... Yeah. The movie and the, like, the actual footage, right? There's this woman in Alaska. Such, so remote in Alaska that you have to take a plane to get into the town, Mm -hmm. right? You can't drive in. You got to fly in. And all this shit starts happening to the, to her patients, to the residents of this town. In their sleep, whatever. I can't describe it. It's just crazy shit is happening. Yeah. So Mila Jovovich's character puts them all in. Under hypnosis. And under hypnosis, shit starts to happen. They start speaking in tongues that's never been heard on earth before. And it like escalates. And so they'll start like even levitating or things will start moving around the room. But the reason it scares you, if that was a movie, you'd be like, that's whatever. They convince you when they do a split screen that you're also watching the psychiatrist's real tapes. And you're like, oh, shit, what is going on up there? Yeah. And then what happens is once they have these like epiphanies with the psychiatrist, they realize that they're too scared for their families to live in this world anymore and they'll go shoot their families. (sighs) And so then you're watching like. Oh, okay. So then you're watching the movie version of that, but then you're watching what you think is a real news report. Where they're like, you know, we're on scene, blah, 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 blah. So you're convinced that this shit really happened. Oh, my goodness. All the way up to like Mila Jovovich's kids getting abducted by aliens. And you think that this shit's really happening. Okay, come on. (laughs) I can't. But they trick you because there's no footage of that. Yeah. The only thing they have for the abduction, for the real side of it, is a police officer calling it in so you don't even have footage so then it makes you believe it even more right because it's just his call in and he's like something's happening blah 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 blah. he's like wait the kids the kids they're flying out of the window Ah!" and you're you're freaking out i can't (laughs) skip to me too terrified to go to sleep the lights are on I lock my bedroom door, which I never do because I have children who need to get access to me in case there's an emergency or a nightmare. My kids are toddlers at the time. My husband's like, what the fuck are we doing? And I'm like, I'm too scared. Like, he's all, babe, if that's real, if there's aliens coming to get you, do you think a locked door in an apartment or a lamp being on is going to be what stops yeah. them in their tracks. <laughs> no. So that's how he convinced me to finally turn the light off and go to bed. But that shit scared me <clears throat> up until a few years later, my hairdresser, who was also my coworker, coworker, Brittany, who's younger than us, 
So she's down with the kids told me it's all fake. Oh, my God. From top to bottom, it's fake. Because up until then, girl, for You were convinced. No. Not just was I convinced. For years, I told my clients about this crazy movie, about this found footage that they had, all of this real footage they had. So you know it's real. real It's so scary. Brittany worked next to me, and And she heard me for years. Brittany, you're so bad. (laughs) And then finally, she's all, bitch, that shit is not real. (laughs) She looked... She made me look like an idiot for like three years running. Girl. Oh, my God. That's the best. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so violated. So embarrassing. But I believed it, man. I believed it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Now okay. you have to watch it. It's I scary. It's I legit have... scary. Okay. Even if you don't believe it, Ew. which you shouldn't. No. It is a scary movie. Okay. If you're scared of aliens. Yeah. No, I can't. Did you think I was talking about encounters with the... No, I think I... The one where there's like a bunker under the ground and it's like John... What? Yeah, that's like John Goodman. Oh, Cloverfield. Yes, that's what I was thinking. So the first one's called Cloverfield. Yeah. And that's like a monster apocalyptic movie. Right. John Goodman comes in with like 11 Cloverfield Lane or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I actually never... And my husband and I have a standing. We will stand by this. John Goodman doesn't make anything bad. Like anything with John Goodman is a good thing. But I haven't actually watched that movie. Yeah. So I can't... uh, Yeah. And we've watched a couple John Goodman movies where we're like... "Mm." Okay. Yeah. But I'll still, I stand John Goodman. I love him. Oh, of course. Of course. You know you're talking to the number one Roseanne fan, so. Speaking of Roseanne, her and Tom Arnold are in that Freddy Krueger. What? Yes. No, you got to back up. What Freddy Krueger? It's the, I think it's the, it's the dreamers one, the kids in the sleep center, like the sleep hospital. Oh, right. They're in that? And they go back to this kid's hometown or whatever. And yeah, Roseanne. Back when they were married. Tom Arnold. I thought you were going to tell me they reunited somehow. They fucking hate each other. No. uh -uh. Freddy Krueger. All right. Well, I'll have to watch it. It's so good. Yeah. That's back when the Roseanne show was really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Before they made it like a Trumpster. Yeah. I know. But Roseanne, in case you guys are wondering, is my all-time favorite show. It's a great show. Except for the new one. No, I didn't watch that. I'm talking about 80s, 90s Roseanne. I didn't watch that. It was the first time I saw a family like my family on TV, and I still appreciate it. Mm -hmm. When all the other house... Also um, married with children. Yeah, but that was so comically trashy. Roseanne was a little Roseanne was like real. Yeah. She was very much my stepmom. Yeah. She wasn't like my mom. My mom is a little bit more like Grace Under Fire. Do you remember that show? Oh, that's a great show. Yeah. My mom was a little bit more Grace Under Fire. My stepmom, who's from Wisconsin, was yeah. very Roseanne. Yeah. And it was like, you grew up on these sitcoms. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that doesn't look anything like my family. Yeah. And here comes Roseanne. I'm like, oh, there's my fucking family. The ones talking shit, being sarcastic. So mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love my mom and I love my stepmom. My stepmom's one of the funniest people I know. So there you go. God bless her. God bless Roseanne Barr. Anything else you want to talk about? 
No. <laughs> we, we're talked out. It's been a week. It's been a week. B just wants to smoke her joint and drink a glass of wine. I do. And chill. And Ben's here. Again, I know. You guys, <laughs> Ben does not live here. Leave a comment for Ben. <laughs> Tell him Leave to a get a fucking life. We're going to just okay. move here already. Just move here already. <laughs> he could live in my pod shed, but there's not a bathroom, so it's a problem. I know. Listen, let's build a bathroom on the side of our pod shed, <laughs> and then we can move Ben in. Yeah. But he's a diva. He's also going to need air he conditioning. He also claims to be what? Like our social media manager. So he's supposed to get us on Apple. He's supposed to figure out like okay. iTunes. All- he's supposed to like do stuff for us. And yet he doesn't have fucking social media. But in all, in all fairness, Ben has none of our passwords. He physically can't do any of that for us until I give him our passwords. Well, it's still his fault because it, I love sure. you. And I mean, I'm. I'm lukewarm to Ben. Amen. <laughs> Listen, same. That's That sums up our whole relationship. I love you, and I'm lukewarm to everybody else in my life. Except for maybe my kids. But right, and that's that. The toddler can be a little shit, so she's uh, really on my shit right, list right oh, now. Like, oh, my God. So my girlfriend, Larissa, has her first baby, and she lives in Idaho or whatever. And I was having a day with Violet. And I get to work and I put on my Spotify and I put on like my liked music and the first song that plays, mind you, while I'm at work is, I don't I'm fuck with you. you. Girl, how you did I know? little ass bitch, I'm fucking with you. And I'm like, oh, this hits so deep. I swear to God, I knew you were going to say that yeah. before you started singing it. Oh. I was already prepping. It hits so deep. I don't fuck, fuck with, with you. you. I love how that song starts out so sweetly, too. It, it starts does. off really nicely. <laughs> it goes into that. And shout out to E-40. He's on that song. Big Sean put E-40 on that song. E-40 is from Our Neck of the Woods, Vallejo, California. He's been repping for the Bay since before we were probably even born. Right. Amen. We grew up on E-40 music. Amen. So God bless Big Sean for putting E-40 on like that. And it just, it resonates so hard. I don't fuck with you and so i sent it to her and i got like nothing back and i'm like oh you're still in that like i love my game yeah because all newborns do is sleep right (laughs) yeah of course you love your kid it just sleeps while you hold it like wait till they start talking and they start acting like you they have a personality they have opinions i also have a guy friend who just found out that he's pregnant or not he's well they're pregnant the i was wife, like okay yeah. we're woke we got friends like that no the wife is having a baby boy and i sent him a tiktok oh my god such a good tiktok where it's one of those like put a finger down yep i do them all the time and i always think my my family's gonna judge me because i'm watching the phone but i have my one hand up putting fingers down but he just goes on a full-on like rant for one finger where he's like you know how you and your wife have a great relationship and everything's <laughs> perfect and you think what's better let's have a kid and oh my god you have this beautiful baby and everything's great and you love this kid so much but then you're like oh my god why do I want to drink every day and why is my life total chaos and it's like but why do I love this thing why do I love it so much why is it the best thing that's ever happened to me but also the worst thing that's ever made you know what I'm saying yeah <laughs> that's like literally summed up parenting where it's like you you love them so hard Harder than anything, but you're like, why can you also hurt me 
harder right. than anything else that's ever happened. And also, I would never hit my kids, but I kind of want to smack you right in the face the right time. now. I just want to smack you right in the fucking face. I'll never do it. No. But I really want to. I'll even look at her and just be like, you know, like, you know, I want to fight you right now. Yeah. And she'll just smile at me. <laughs> Girl, trust me. COVID. evil. But I just love the, the naiveness of the new parents. Right. So like I'm saying, the newborn, like she couldn't she couldn't appreciate that. I don't fuck with you because she still loves yeah, that yeah, beautiful yeah. baby. Of course. And he doesn't appreciate just that. Oh, you put your wait. Finger. Yeah. Give me a year. Give me a fucking year and then come back. Yeah. And let me know. Let me know. So the good news is, B, that I have for you, because I have much older kids than you do, eventually, I promise you, it all comes back around. I know. You'll end up with somebody cool as fuck. Yeah, I look forward to it. Because you and Nick are cool as fuck, yeah. and you will have a kid who is cool. My kids are hella cool. My toddler's a fucking demon because she's a toddler, and that's yeah. just what it is. Yeah. Their feelings are too big for their bodies. They can't express themselves properly. They don't have the maturity. So right. that it just turns them into assholes. Yeah. But the other side of that tunnel is cool ass kids. I can tell right now she's got Nick's taste in music, but my taste in like TV. <laughs> just trash. Yeah. She, her and I on cartoons, like we've got it. We're, we're yeah. on the same level. And the two of them on music are the same level. I know my two almost three year old is like it's so funny because she has older siblings so I don't know if she'd be into this stuff or not but she watches like Amazing World of Gumball yeah. and Spongebob mm-hmm. and I'm like I think you're supposed to be watching like Sesame Street nope she is so over but no mm-mm. fuck it yeah fuck it mm-hmm. alright y'all that's your mom corner um what's the Bill Burr cartoon F is for family yeah so when I think Nick had COVID after we came back from Vegas yep. back in February and he was in bed for literally a week, he just binge watched F for COVID. So the F for COVID or no. <laughs> F is her family. Yeah, F for COVID. F so they should family. rename right? it. Right. I know. The only time that he would really spend with Violet, it would like be on in the, in the background. And so she'd be like, hey, mom, can we watch daddy's cartoon? Yeah. I'm like, no. No, we cannot. I tried to get my older kids into my one of my all-time favorite shows. Forget animated, not animated, point blank period, is King of the Hill. Mm. And I tried to get them into King of the Hill, but they were like, mm. Yeah. Could they, you imagine showing them like Daria? Right. Oh my God! Could you imagine? They'd be like, "Are you fucking kidding me, bro?" Even show? Doug, they were like, "What's right. oh, happening right. in this Doug. show? <laughs> it's so boring." You told me. <laughs> it's just Doug and Skeeter in a classroom <laughs> talking, and they're used to like Amazing World of Gumball, where it's, it's, the it's most, literally amazing. It's the most imaginative yeah. world ever. You got talking cheeseburgers and clouds and How bananas and cats and. Yeah, and they're like, that's what they're used to. Or even SpongeBob, where it's like crazy. I know. And it's like, here's a cartoon of two high schoolers just talking <laughs> just to each other. Daria is my all time favorite, though. Trent was my one of my first ever crushes, and he's a cartoon. Oh, have you seen that TikTok trend? <laughs> what cartoon crushes? No. Little- oh, comparing your yes. significant other with your yes, first crush? Can you imagine? I hear. In all fairness to my husband, 
it would have to be my first like adult crush because my first crushes were like JTT. I was going to say Justin Timberlake. Yeah, but I'm talking earlier, like elementary school, B. Yeah, I guess. Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Andrew Keegan. No, who was the bad boy? Jonathan Taylor Thomas's best friend with the brown hair and the bowl cut. Well, are you talking about Sean from yes. Boy Meets World? Yes. Girl, yes. that was my motherfucker. Yes, bitch, that yes. boy. Woo. Sean. Woo. From, what happened to him? I don't know. Right? We'll do we a follow up. That's, a, that's worth the follow up. For Sean sure. from Boy Meets World. Damn. And let's talk about somebody. Mm. I mean, it's not him. It's his character. But yeah. the writers, he his first real relationship was with a black girl. I love that. Back in the 90s. I love that. Chocolate mm. Vanilla Swirl. Even sexier. Yes. Yeah, he was fine, fine. Mm. I have a thing for big lips, which I love my husband. He does not have big lips, but Sean has big lips. Ryan Felipe has big lips. Okay. Yep. I love it. Yeah. I guess I've never really noticed that before, but sure. Yeah. Go look at a Go look now at a picture. Don't even talk to me about Ryan Felipe. Ooh, cruel intentions, girl. And that's his stepsister. What's wrong with us? Just calm down. Yep. I love it. Calm down. And I've watched it again since since we've been teenagers. I watched it as an adult. That's still sexy. But it's cheesy as fuck. I know, but back then I did not think it was cheesy. I only thought it was sexy. And now as an adult, I'm like, ooh, it's weird. But it's fun. She's like, I'll let you stick it anywhere. He's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) We love that movie. It's lots of love. Sarah Michelle Gellar with her crucifix, uh, crucifix of cocaine. Oh, so you're taking me back. We're going on a journey. Going on a trip in our favorite rocket hands. Yes. What about it? What do you want to talk about? Lila? Possibly. When was the last time you watched Idle Hands? Like 10 years ago? Well, guess what, B? I just watched it a few years ago. Um, I would say about right before my little sister left for the Navy and she signed a five-year contract. So we'll say I watched it five or six years ago. I remember it pretty clearly. Like There's some stuff in there. There's some... Making out in a lifted pickup truck, tits out. Yeah. Okay. Hands on tits. All right. There is some stuff there that I don't know if I'm ready for my daughter yeah, to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to remember, the movies that they made when we were younger are not the movies they make now. Right. Um, because I also think, like, Can't Hardly Wait. That, yes. Yeah. I think Can't Hardly Wait is a yes. And I think 10 Things I Hate About You is probably a yes. Yeah. Idle Hands is a little bit darker and a little bit well i only i more lean towards R-rated. the darker because i know that that's what she asks about like that's, yeah but that's just because she's curious it doesn't mean that we have to show her that um but i so before my little sister left for the navy we had a slumber party who now has a baby she now has a baby little lilo who's so cute but um before she left for the navy so she um, we were just hanging out on the couch. We had tubs of ice cream. We had blankets. And I made her watch Idle Hands because mm-hmm. she's a lot. Guys, my sister is like 12 years younger than me. So she did. She was not around it's for such that. such a good movie. It's so great. But she was like, what are we watching? And again, Devin Sawa, come on. Devin Woo! Sawa is bae Woo! forever. I love him. Woo! We just watched Final Destination. I don't know, 17 or something. It was Amazing. like one of the newer ones 
And it all it did was make me want to watch the original, the original with yeah, Devin Sawa when he's freaking out on the plane. Uh, which I feel like I did watch recently. Like I just had it on. What happened to Devin Sawa? We need follow ups for Sean from right. <laughs> Come on, from Boy Meets World what are and these Devin 90s, Sawa. Nineties heartthrobs. Well, you're there's a TikTok. Let's bring it all back around to TikTok. There's a TikTok account I follow where she basically just brings up like nineties nostalgia. Yeah. So she'll put clips of all those guys together or she'll go through a magazine like a teen seven, yeah, or, or 17 magazine from 98 yes, yes and it just brings me right back oh to my, my youth i i remember being mad at myself and like having a conversation with a boyfriend like you need to stop me from buying these magazines because i was trying to calculate at the time like the amount i was spending on my acrylic nails and the gas for my car. Welcome to Bailey, guys. Only she would be a teenager with a fucking... A budget. A, yeah, budget listed and, out. And the amount I was spending on these fucking magazines for my posters of Justin Timberlake yep. to just plaster all over my goddamn bedroom, right? Yes. Like, I had a wall yes. for, like, corn. No. <laughs> Pause. She had three walls dedicated to either heavy metal or like what we thought was heavy metal which was like corn limp biscuit slipknot the whole to do and then one wall dedicated to next my... to her bed that was all in sync and justin yeah. timberlake i i couldn't help myself and then i had a corner you have do you remember my corner and what was in my corner b just, bl- just no, because it was before that. This was middle school. Oh no, then I don't remember. Just black wrappers from floor <laughs> to ceiling. Yes, it was just black wrappers, which oh, just that's that was you. That's me. That's yeah. what I was into. That's what I'm still into. But it was so funny because B had like three walls, heavy metal, one wall in sync, one corner, yeah, African American yeah. wrappers, which was my corner, is the best. Yeah just plastered but those magazines for my budget at the time were not cheap like the amount i would spend on these fucking things and it's like i knew at some point i would be an adult and i wasn't gonna like carry them on (laughs) like the amount of money i've spent like decorating my room with these fucking faces like make it stop i i mean and i just found I went through an old box and I found all of my old collages. Yes. Which at the time I thought was fire. Was Ooh, this was my artwork as a teenager. I was expressing myself. And I, in my memory, these collages were everything. Upper echelon artwork. Echelon. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I looked at him as an adult, 35-year-old, ugly old troll. And I was like, what the fuck was I doing? It's so lame, bro. Which is funny because. But to listen, be fair, it, I have one from you. That's that I good. Love. I can make a good collage. I really can. Mm-hmm. I've made an amazing one for my godparents that they love, that they, I, I framed it for them and they, their house just burnt down recently and it was one of the first things they checked on to make sure was still intact. It was a dope-ass collage. You have one in your living room. That I made for my husband. Dope-ass collage. Mm -hmm. I've made Bailey, also a dope-ass collage. The ones I made when I was in high school are fucking garbage. But you had to make those (laughs) to get 
to where you are. And now. I still don't think they're garbage. It's just what's on them is hilarious. It, that, and that's it. And it's literally like sex. They were great drugs, at the time. Booze. Yeah, I know. Eminem. Eminem's in all of them. Then. No, think about our high school binders. That's where this all started. Right? The and covers. I still have your pictures that you drew. So B and I, when we were in high school, we had these binders that we would pass through our friend group. And it was like you just wrote in them. Children. Children nowadays. We didn't have cell phones back then. We didn't have texting. Then. Okay. So yeah. this is how we did it. We had binders. We and would actually pass notes. Physical notes. Through the binders. Yeah. And everybody could read them. It was like a group chat, if yeah. you will. Like a group text message, mm-hmm. but in a physical form. Yeah. And then, yeah, we would make collages and stuff for the binders to decorate them. B would draw these great hand-drawn collages, which I still have. Maybe I'll post a picture. Hey. <laughs> B's uh, artistic expression back then. Mm-hmm. It was the best. So, God damn, this is taking us way back. <laughs> we're talking about the 90s, people. I know. Some of you were born in the years that we're talking about when we were in middle school and high school. So I still have some of these binders. You have the whole binders? Not like all the messages. A lot of the messages that I saved were obviously between us and April. We had a best friend. I became best friends with her in fifth grade because she came to my elementary school. And then we all became best friends together in middle school through high school. And unfortunately, she passed away our senior year. Mm -hmm. So what B's saying is a lot of the stuff she saved was from our best friend, April. Correct. Because you can't get rid of that. Right. And so, but still, like, I look at these pictures and I look at these, like, diary entries and I'm like... So what? Maybe I'll share these with her when she's like thirty. I'm like, we were Violet. Yeah, yeah. Her daughter. I'm like, what am I hanging on to these for? Like, I don't know that I ever want her to see this side of us. But she's gonna have that when she's that age. I know, and it's gonna be even worse because she's gonna have fucking social media and whatever. So crazy. Like literally, like I have like diaries where like. You cut out things from magazines and you cut out pictures and then you write these emotional things. And it's like the shit we were doing. It's overwhelming. The feelings you feel when you are a preteen to teenager. Overwhelming. Could you imagine? Put yourself in that space. And now we have Snapchat. And we have Instagram. And we have whatever. We have everything. Could you imagine? No. I've actually heard a podcaster talk about that before. I don't know who, so I don't want to give false credit. But about how lucky we are that we did not have social media. I know. To permanently embarrass ourselves. I literally remember, like, leaving middle school and going and walking up to the 7-Eleven and using the pay phone. Oh, yeah. To call my parents who lived down the street. Oh, yeah. I mean, like. Like literally two blocks away. Yeah, like I'm going over to so-and-so's house or, hey, can so-and-so come over or whatever. Like using change that I had to have knowing that that was my way of communicating. Oh, guess what? I remember high school, behind our high school, because once again, we grew up in a fucking very hoity-toity town. Right behind our high school was what? A Whole Foods. That's right, Bailey. Oh, um, well, yeah. 
I was so focused You're on middle, middle school. school. In middle school, I'm like, in high school, we had a Whole Foods behind our high school, yeah, like literally, like attached. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and we had like at a whole like they had an outdoor seating, so me and my stoner piece of shit friends would hang out there. Yeah, but I remember one time I was supposed to be calling my parents, and I was just going to call them collect. Remember calling collect? Yes. One eight hundred collect. Okay. Oh my God. But guess what? My muscle memory was not calling my house number. My muscle memory was calling my your number because for whatever reason, B and I would call each other every day after school, even though we Using just saw landline. each other on our landline phones. Like, what do we have to say to each other? Yeah. But whatever. So I called 100 Collect and I dialed in B's house number, which I thought was my number because I forgot. And then her dad who is not with the shit, was like, what? He thought there was an emergency. He's all, what is happening? And I'm like, uh, my bad. Sorry. Wrong number. Wrong number. Sorry, Dawn. If y'all knew Bailey's dad, you know why that was so funny. But he is not with this bullshit. He was not happy about it at all. There you go, guys. A little nostalgia. That's hysterical. 1-800-COLLECT. I'm dying. I wonder if he'd remember. No. Your mom would remember. Your mom would be like, remember that time you called me collect? I had to pay for the phone call. <laughs> oh, they barely remember the time I had to call them from fucking jail. <laughs> <laughs> Should we leave it there? Bailey in jail as a teenager. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> it and wasn't that bad, guys. It was a little shoplifting. Everyone yeah. shoplifts as teenagers. In all discretion, I shoplifted way more than Bailey. I just never got caught. So and you need to talk to yourself about what you were doing. 100% and Nana saved the day. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah. And here are the places where you can find us. Hey, <laughs> social media. <laughs> THC podcast oh. on Instagram. Um, THC true on Twitter. Uh, true Hollywood crime. I always want to say story. Trollywood Crime. There's a Facebook page. Good luck. I don't do anything on it. Have fun on there. Leave yeah. us a comment. Leave really nasty comments for Ooh. Ben so that we can encourage ourselves and him to be yeah. more active. Everyone cuss out Ben. Yeah. He won't see them, but, you know, we'll cuss tell him. him. Yeah, yeah, we'll tell him we'll all tell about him. it. We'll show him. Um, we always post, I always post pictures of this week's episodes. B's Look of the Week is on there. Pictures of the case on, like I said, THC Podcast. On Instagram, THC True, on Twitter, and interact with us. Get to know us, tell a friend, tell a family member. And thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. We will see you next time. time.